1: Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
0: Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed. This is Marek Larwood. Hello, listeners. How are we doing, Marek? Have we recovered from New Year's? (laughs) I've just got that dread of uh a new year now. I look at the number 2014 and I get a good feeling. I think it's going to be a good year. My life has was a steady um I think upward
1: cycle since from leaving university. Yeah. Up until the age of about sort of 31, 32. Okay. And now it's I feel like I've I've probably gone past my peak now. Oh okay. I'm 37 now. I start to feel twinges. When I go to the gym, I'm just not in the same shape I used to be. And I think my career's probably on the way down, so... Well, at least there are films out
0: there that can pick you up.
1: Yeah, It's like another year I'll be watching French films, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, we... Um, we caught up with some films from the end of last year, basically, didn't we? Yeah. That we're going to talk about this week. Um what did you go and see? I went to see
1: Peter Jackson's The Hobbit 2. Is it called The Hobbit 2? Is it no, Dengar it's just film? called The
0: Hobbit, colon, The Desolation of Smaug. Oh, that's it. I went to see it at the cinema. The second Hobbit film. Mm. Why did you go and see that? You tend to sort of hate these things.
1: Because I was. it was a family thing ah, yeah. with my brother and um, my nephew
0: or step-nephew... My uh, parents day. went to see it. What, well, were the same one as I went to? Yeah, 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 they followed you there. Okay. <laughs> I've had them tailing you because I don't trust you. My brother actually seen, went to see it twice. Really? Is it good? Tell, tell uh, for people who uh, don't know what Lord of the Rings is, uh, what's the second part of this very short story well, about? Well, because I read The Hobbit ages and ages, yeah. I can't remember what story, uh, uh, what...
1: Do you want me to
0: do the quick process? It's well, a very uh, simple story. Yes, he
1: just, his Bilbo Baggins gets employed by Ga- or pushed by Gandalf the Magical Wizard to help
0: these dwarves. 13 dwarves retake their homeland where all of their gold is because a dragon has set up shop there and forced them all out. And that's it. So they go on a sort of Odyssey-like sketch show style adventures across Middle Earth as they go to the Misty Mountain and then they defeat a dragon the end. It's very simple. It's.
1: This isn't. This is the same criticism that everyone's had, so I'm going to repeat it. It's just a sort of filler film, I think, for the start and end of a film, following the same Lord of the Rings structure. The problem was, Lord of the Rings was. uh, An epic. Yes, and Hobbit isn't. Mm. So a lot of it felt like. I couldn't remember it from the book, like it was made up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Made up Well, they've made up a lot of it. I talked to my dad about it because he was a big. Uh, Lord of the Rings fan. He used to read me and my brother The Hobbit when we were younger as well. So he he you know wanted to go see what they have done with it. And um, from what he said, they've yeah they're padding out. You know they've invented a load of Radagast the Brown plot and they've yeah. invented they've put um, a female elf for Legolas to fall in love with yes. in there and you know all sorts of just thriller. and there's a new guy who works in the port. Was he in the original one? I don't think he I, was. Uh, there are some people in. Lake Town, but I don't know. there's certainly, yeah, it's not as important.
1: I can see it's a well-made film. It looks amazing. Yeah, three D things. There's a lot of work gone into it, but you sort of start to take films for granted. It feels like, like Lord of the Rings six or another. It's the same sort of fighting, and the fighting's so ridiculous in The Hobbit. It's just yeah. people shooting arrows off walls and they get, and everything gets the perfect target. What's the point of watching it? Yeah, no one no commits. I there's not anyone actually missing unless you're a bad guy then you miss yeah but if you're a good guy they don't actually miss I've never seen they'd all be Olympic champions it's incredible the things they do would be the flukiest shot you could ever make in your life if you did if you did one of those say Legolas fires an arrow yeah if you actually did one of those and put it on YouTube yeah that would be the, the amazing YouTube hit it's so ridiculous but
0: he does it with every single what, arrow. It, for me, it's when the original trilogy got a bit stupid, whereas when they're supposed to be facing impossible odds towards the end on the you know Pelennor Fields, and Legolas can take down an entire mammoth on his own. And you're sort of like, oh, they're fine then, really, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they? So, they're fine. They become like superheroes yeah. rather than
1: real people, so it spoils it. They're, the elves are just... It's like watching a, a superhero film. Yeah. Um and but, I think all the dwarves are they don't look like dwarves they look like glamorized like someone from Vogue <laughs> has come along and styled and airbrushed all the dwarves yeah. and changed their they're faces
0: They're supposed to be filthy drinking grunts huge, huge squat, squat muscly yeah, things not so attractive not no, now they're supposed got, to be underwear models
1: Yes So there're t- two problems with it uh, I'm just the I'm not interested in the cap. Martin Freeman's the only actor who can hold your attention the dwarves are just 13 people with beards whose characters aren't really developed apart from Thorin maybe who's yeah. the leader of the dwarves if you like Lord of the Ring and you
0: like and you're 14 or 15 you there well, we'll you I think it's partly i coming to terms with the fact it's not for us anymore but For me, the first film I saw at the cinema, and I made my decision after that, I wasn't going to see the others, because I hated it. Um, And it was one of those that really grew on me, in that the more I thought about it, the more I hated it more. Because it was the first act of a three-act structure pulled out to be 90 minutes long, two hours long. You know, it introduced Frodo, uh, Frodo, Bilbo, um, really well, because it was basically verbatim off the uh, page from the book. And then ignored him for the rest of the film as it became a different character's film. And it's just like, you're, you're just, you're spreadsheeting this, you're not telling it like a story. The, and I'd, I'm not interested. The, there was a cartoon
1: version of Lord of the Rings that ran out of money. Yeah. That came out in the 80s, earlier, I used to watch when I was a kid. Yes, or late, certainly
0: very sort of early style, isn't it? And so they had Fit to... Bit Flight of dragons Yeah,
1: and they had to... Um, find ways of making couldn't afford to make a lot of it so it's only the first first mm. not The Fellowship of the Ring covers Yes,
0: but I, I'd track that down if you like The Lord of the Rings I think it's a really great well I've said it before but Peter Jackson was a massive fan of that cartoon and um, took some sequences shot for shot okay. and refilmed them for The Lord of the Rings and um, Uh, specifically I can remember lots of stuff with the Black Riders and the bit where you think they've killed the Hobbits in their beds and it turns out they've just stabbed pillows and the Hobbits are in the room next door or whatever that's shot for shot from the cartoon oh really? Um, yeah Uh, but I think it, it feels too much like a cash in for this The Hobbit was written before The Lord of the Rings and it's a kid's book it was of simple you know no darkness no complication there are goodies and baddies there's gold and dragons and it's a simple story, and it, it's not three stories long. Who would you be if you were in Northern Rains? What cat would what, you be, you'd be?
1: I'd not, like, you'd be to, an elf, I'd like you? to be
0: one of the Bjornians who can turn into bears. I think you'd be an elf. Oh. What would you be? An orc. An albino orc. Oh no. Say for me, can we eat their legs? <laughs> <laughs> That's what oaks talk about. I want
1: to eat his legs. That's what I say at the dinner table. Um, so it, it's it's good though. If you can, if you're watching this ten years ago, you think it was amazing, but it's, it's almost like that Lord of the Rings sequence, and it feels like it's a money making. Yeah, I still enjoy it. Give it six marix. Okay, okay. How's the dragon?
0: Entirely CGI characters that can't be done by Andy Serkis because they're not even humanoid. I
1: thought the most interesting bit of the film was uh, the first encounter with a dragon. Okay. Where um, Bilbo first meets
0: Smaug. Smaug. I like that bit the best. Okay. That's probably, again, another bit of dialogue that's directly out of the book, would be my guess, because those were the bits that really shone in the first film for me. The riddles in the dark bit between Bilbo and Gollum when he first finds the ring Mm. was brilliant because it's pretty much verbatim off the page and the early bits with Gandalf again but then suddenly it went into this sort of rubbish Chronicles of Narnia style or you know um, Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time just sort of rubbish Hollywood dialogue. Mm. Epic guff (laughs) basically. and epic guff. (laughs) Epic guff. Um, Well Okay, I'm still not going to see it, but uh, it's not. It's for some people, isn't it? It's for some what people. What did you go and see
1: in the Skinamar?
0: The Skinamar, I went to see Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues. So I watched the first Anchorman conf- a couple of weeks yeah. ago, I didn't really enjoy it. Yeah, I'm confused by this, but maybe it's been so hyped that it's impossible to enjoy now. What
1: happens, What is for people who don't know, what's this about?
0: Anchorman 2 carries on the story of Ron Burgundy, who is a news anchorman from the... 70s and it is now the 80s and um he gets fired from his network and is down on his luck and is offered a job in a new uh, experimental venture into 24-hour news um a network called GNN uh so I wonder what that's supposed to be hmm weird um and so it's his story and he takes his news team with him and it goes on from there um, very funny. It is really? if you like Tankerman one, it's 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 funny. I've heard bad reports on The problem with it is the problem I we touched upon it briefly last week. Um when we were talking about Alpha Papa, which is, Alpha Papa does this better, but it still suffered from the same problem, which is because they're just putting the funniest bits in, it's really disjointed and, and you get a sort of uneasy, disembodied feeling because it's not telling its story well. Things are happening simply because they're funny and there's no reason for them. And it's working against its plot all the time. All the time. And it gets really irritating after a while but if you're telling a story, you have to believe in it. Or why should your audience... And if, if you don't if you don't want to tell one, if you're not gonna bother, then don't tell one. Just make something like Monty Python's Meaning of Life, which is a sketch show. Just mm. make a sketch show if you want to make a sketch show. What? I don't see the point of doing a story half assed. Did the people in the cinema laugh? Yeah, people were laughing all the way through. And so was I, you know, I enjoyed bits of it, but I was just getting that sort of sinking, slightly fatigued feeling inside as it went on, just as it was like Ah, uh, this this is meaningless. It's all meaningless. How did you laugh? for like this? <laughs> yeah, that's how I left, yeah. Were you there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was I was sitting behind
1: you.
0: <laughs> no <laughs> rotten burgundy funny. Um Oh But I, I did enjoy it. I mean Steve Carell is standout again, he's brilliant and um uh, obviously, Will Ferrell's excellent, and the number of cameos. There's slightly embarrassment of riches in this one, There's Vince Vaughn in it? Yeah, Vince Vaughn's back. Harrison Ford's in it. Um, we get a bit with Sacha Baron Cohen, Marion Cotillard. Um, oh, is she beautiful?
1: Uh, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. Marion Cotillard's from *Rust and Bone*, and also the villain in the Bond film as well. *Dark Knight Rises*. That's so it, it, is probably what thing. you're thinking of. Same thing.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, Greg Kinnear's in it. Uh, there's a good turn from um, uh, what's his name James Marsden okay. who's excellent in Enchanted and X-Men and stuff but now, anyway it's, it's funny it is funny Vince, Vince more irritated sorry to change the subject that's alright is
1: he some sort of tax evasion scheme <laughs> what being an actor <laughs> yeah
0: because I don't in, know why he's in films uh,
1: every film that he seems to be in yeah. sounds like it's a tax dodge like the Google advert one, the uh, what was it called? Yeah, yeah. And there's another one of him where he's the father, a delivery man. Delivery man. It. He's the
0: father of over 500 children because of a mix-up in a sperm bank.
1: But they just look like terrible films that someone's gone. Oh, don't worry. I need to launder this money. <laughs> we'll
0: we set need up to lauder- a shell company. And um, what
1: is that company? It's easier. If we, it's, it's Vince Vaughn Limited. I can't think of a film was he Dodgeball was alright Swingers was the one that made him famous wasn't it Swingers, with, with jo- yeah. John Favreau. which is good yeah. and he's good in it but I've, I've been since then it's almost as if I'm sure it is that he doesn't actually exist he's some
0: <laughs> sort of tax robot
1: that people are putting their money through
0: possibly quite po- I mean I don't get him I don't get him I don't get what he doesn't seem to be attractive or charming or funny so I don't know why he's on screen really he's just sort of Normal. When when he comes on a trailer... Yeah. It's
1: the equivalent of the man with a deep voice saying, this film is total shit. <laughs> the man with the deep voice doesn't say that enough, does he? But that's what the Vince Vaughn thing. You just think, if if you, you see a film... You, yeah. Mm, he have appears,
0: you, well, I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> have you seen uh, the... I think it was old school special features on the DVD, where... Um, Will Ferrell plays James Lipton from uh, Behind the actor Studio. Oh, okay. And he interviews Vince Vaughn and he goes, Vince Vaughn, you played uh, Norman Bates in the remake of Psycho. Is Norman with us today? <laughs> and Vince Vaughn goes, yes. He goes, chilling. Did he really play that? Was he? Really- yeah, he was Norman Bates in the remake of Psycho <sighs> with Anne Hesch and uh, others. That was a shot for shot remake, shot wasn't it? bizarre. Shot for shot colour remake of Psycho. Really odd idea. See, so that must be a tax dodge as well. Surely. You'd think it was. Right,
1: um, oh, we've got an email I was going to read out before we do this one. Um I'm doing it on my phone to so because the internet's down. Here we go. It's by Aaron Bell. Would you like to read it? Because you're better at reading. Okay.
0: What accent shall I do Aaron Bell in? Space. Space accent. <laughs> Space. <laughs> People from space sound like. Oh, there's Buddy scratching at the door like a psycho. Um. Hi, Merrick, David, and Buddy. I am a long-time listener since Merrick became a regular, although this is my first time writing in. Quite a long time ago, you were asked for recommendations of documentaries to watch, and I have a suggestion. Have either of you seen Man on Wire? If not, I would recommend that, that you do. I would be interested in hearing your thoughts, as it is one of my favorite films. It's a story of Philippe Petit, the French high-wire artist, and documents his high-wire walk between the twin towers of the World Trade Center. I found it a fascinating watch, and the music in particular was brilliant. It currently has a rating of 7.9 on IMDb, and won the Academic, the Academy Award for Best Documentary of 2008, I really enjoy the podcast. Keep up the good work. Aaron Bell from Hull.
1: <laughs> and we all know yeah. that Hull is City of is Culture 2007. Uh, is it? No, the, next year.
0: Was it? 2014.
1: And it's going to be the entire city of Hull is going to be um, put into space. Thank God
0: it's about time. I have seen Man on the, on the Wire. Man on Wire? I've still not. I've Haven't not you? Seen. I. I um, I sat in Richard Herring's front room while he was watching it, but he was already partway through and I couldn't be bothered. He was in a dressing gown. It was a bit awkward. The, the
1: Philip Petit, but it's very odd, sort of crazy, sort of ginger, wiry, likes balancing on things. Yeah. like A really annoying kid in, in school who has only got one talent.
0: Um, so I do want to see it. It does sound interesting. I mean, it, I, they must very be good. insane, these guys. There's that one who's called the French Spider-Man as well, isn't there, who climbs I- up buildings without any assistance what's great any, about
1: this is its he's such an odd it's more about the, his odd personality as well mm. He's a it's not just a documentary about a normal it's an amazing feat what he, what he did is incredible and uh, it, it makes it seem more and more incredible knowing how dangerous it, it was and if you, just something a wire sort of just we used to sway yeah. in the wind so he's doing something that he, could, he got 50-50 chance of survival It's amazing. Just like me every time I go to the loo.
0: Yeah. You are literally walking on a wire. No, figuratively. Yeah. You're on a wire. Man on porcelain. (laughs) Bum on fire. That is an even better one. Actually, I should say, uh, to hark back to last week's... Bum monkeys. uh, Bum monkeys. No. um, Films I saw that weren't last year, but weren't from last year, is I went through uh, watching... Tony Scott's Denzel Washington movies. Oh, really? Some really fun ones in there. Like, I I think he's underrated. He over-edits is the problem, but if you can tolerate it, they're really fun films. Man on Fire is why I was thinking of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Taking of Pelham 123, the remake of that, that's good fun. Not as good as the original, eh? Um, No, it's not. But Deja Vu, that's really fun. You know, it's... No, good. I like it. Well done. Well done. Well done, Tony Scott, and rest in peace, mate.
1: I watched another film. What? So we'll do this and we'll wrap up, shall we? Sure. What was it? i tell you what, though. What? I forgot to mention this last week. If you do want to write in, um, like Aaron Bell did, or uh,
0: what do you do? You can email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com, or write on our Facebook wall, forward slash filmfandango, or tweet us at filmfandango and we do all of this for free so if you would like to donate towards our running costs then please go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the link from there and what are the running costs it's just the cost to hire the um,
1: the server to put the podcast and keep on there yep each, each week each and, week and
0: to keep all the other podcasts on there and to keep going to the cinema which as we know is costly deeply it costs costly
1: about, I, mean, I can spent over 500 quid in the cinema I know it's ridiculous you. isn't it um, and if you want to send us some free tickets to any cinemas, why not do that? Uh, meanwhile, I went to cinema to see a film. It the film's name was All Is Lost. It starred Robert Redford. What's it about? Well, he's the only person in this film. Really? Mm-hmm. That's always. And there's dialogue at the start, and that is pretty much it. So it's just a man. Documentary. Is he just no. in his house. <laughs> it's a man it's like a man and he, it's like bum on porcelain yeah it's him and his boat going out and bad thing a series of bad things happen to him and his boat and it's an hour and a half long and it is very very good man on boat it's what so Life of Pi got all the big um uh it. yes, for being a film about the soul and being a film about discovery yeah, yeah. imagine that without the annoying accent, without the stupid tiger thing, yeah, without the god allegories yes, uh without some of the sort of special effects green screen
0: yeah, but more soulful I so, love Robert Redford I think he's brilliant he's amazing he's absolutely brilliant i he's one of those that I always forget we we've said it with Tom Hanks before, but I always forget how watchable he is and then I watch a Robert Redford film I go oh god he's good. <laughs> I saw Mark Comeau talking about him saying how
1: he did the staring into the background before Ryan Gosling did. Yeah. He was a good-looking
0: guy. Oh yeah, who did he that. was the cowboy. He was yeah. the
1: cowboy. Yeah. I mean he was amazing in Butch Casting and Sundance Kid and all the President's Men also very good in that film. Yeah. Uh and The Sting another great Robert Redford film. Um but this is it's just A Man at Sea on a boat lots of bad things happen and how he deals with it it's shot beautifully and it feels as if it's he doesn't need to say anything and after this Christmas period and going and speaking to lots of people and there's a lot of talking I think the world's become such a noisy place where you hear you can go to the cinema and you don't need it's pe it's strangely peaceful. The music's great too as well, the soundtrack, and you you add the, you don't need the dialogue. You just follow him what he's thinking. You see in his expression. You see in what he does, and the events are interesting enough, and it's constantly changing. And it feels like he's out. You feel stranded at sea. I talked last week about the impossible being one of the films of the year, being yeah. having the effect of water. This feels a lot more... Life of Pi felt, to, for me, too sort of stylized and too CGI. This is what it's like. To, it feels...
0: I can believe the sea is this
1: huge,
0: monstrous yeah. place. Well, Life of Pi felt to me like a bubblegum, disney version of Struggle. It didn't seem like real Struggle. Mm. It seemed like um, a delusion, is mm. what Life of Pi felt like to me. And it's just one man clinging on to
1: his life at times in it's hard to describe a film where there's no dialogue but it's so peaceful having it it's such a a, suit, a calming or different experience and it's brave making a film yeah. that you've got no dialogue and saying here it is with a series of events we're going to follow it we're not going to put anything a bit at the start and a bit at, towards the end like Wally. yeah <laughs> that's it it's um, great a really peaceful what's it called
0: All is Lost All is Lost I've not heard anything about it.
1: I would recommend this. I went to the View Cinema Islington. Okay. And it was put. We, we went upstairs. Normally these multi-screen um, uh, big complexes have got like ten screens. Yeah, yeah. And they've got nine screens up there. I'm like, where's screen ten? And it was right down by the escalators. When you come in, there's a tiny screen there in the side door. You wouldn't even notice That's it. That's new. And there were about 30 seats in there. <laughs> Almost like a private screening room, and that's and that's probably one of the best films on that cinema. And that's in this tiny, yeah. tiny, um, t- tiny room. And I thought it was a, a, a wonderful film and a, a different. We talked about films last week, and our films of the year like Compliance being a different cinema experience, The Impossible being a different cinema experience. Films where you go and it feels not like you're watching a film, but are you watching an event that like, yeah. gravity in a certain way. yeah body. yeah. This is. This, you could say, is a gravity of in, set in the sea. So it's cross between life and pie and gravity set in the ocean, and I think it's better than both of them. Cool. Cool. All is lost. All is lost. Well, <laughs> in a
0: nice segue, all is lost for this week. Yeah.
1: Have a really good New Year, listeners. Thank you for supporting
0: us and, and, and listening in. And if you'd like uh, to suggest anything for us to talk about this year, or any films you're looking forward to this year, then do email us that email again, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. We'll be back next week. Keep watching Watching the films. films. Bye.